Welcome to the Security Clearance Careers Podcast. I'm Lindy Kaiser, Senior Editor of ClearanceJobs.com. Today I have a special treat. I'm chatting with a longtime friend who I've known since my days doing public affairs for the Army. Troy Stewart is an Army veteran, a military blogger, and now a successful IT professional. He's going to share a few transition tips with us and tell us how he transitioned from U.S. Infantry to government IT professional. Thank you again so much for your time, Troy. First, I just wanted to ask you a question you probably get a lot. How did you go from infantry to IT? I got out of active duty in I got out of active duty in '96, and then went from there right into the National Guard, but pretty much transitioned right into the civilian sector. Probably one of the best pieces of advice I got was from a battalion commander I was working for. I had kind of done all there really was to do from my pay grade and above in my career field. I was an infantryman jumping out of airplanes, and I had accomplished quite a bit pretty fast. And I was kind of getting bored, and uh, I, I was kind of picking up this knack for working on computers. I was doing it on the side, kind of had a side business. I was helping young soldiers fix their computers. They were buying at the PX and stuff like that. And my battalion commander, who I highly respected, came to me one day and said, you know, you should just get out and do this as a regular job. You know, you've, I think that's where your passion is. He goes, I'd hate to lose you, but I said, I think that's where you rely. And I kind of, that's why I went, you know, maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll work in computers. And I never had worked in computers before. I mean, I never like was into them in high school or nothing like that, should I say. And, and, uh, it wasn't like my thing. So that kind of started me down that path. And I realized, okay, maybe this is what I'll do. I really like tinkering with them and, and maybe that's what I'll do. So as an infantryman, an airborne infantryman getting out as an E6 with about nine, almost 10 years of service, there's this kind of a stereotype that all you can be is a cop. And so many people I knew that were wanting to get out or going to do something after the Army that were in infantry thought all they could be were cops because, well, we carry guns and we train to kill people and, and cops carry guns. Because of my tank commander saying that, I mean, realize, you know, I one, I had no desire to be a cop. And two, why? I mean, cops don't really normally kill. There's cops, thousands of them that go their whole career that never shoot their weapon. I mean, it's not like that's not their job. That's just a product of what they may have to do one day. And this whole stereotype of, well, if you're in the infantry, there's no other translation to a civilian skill other than being a cop. I thought was just an asinine mindset. So I got into computers and computer repair and and networks and that that kind of stuff. So I think the probably the best advice I, I was given indirectly and the advice I've given a lot of people is don't go to a career field just because that you did something that related to that in the military. You have so much more to offer just by serving in the military in general than just working in your MOS. That's great advice. So did you use any of your GI Bill benefits to get more IT skills then going from infantry to, to kind of specialized IT work or did you just pick up things as you went? I kind of pick up, I'm the kind of person, I just kind of roll my sleeves up and figure it out. While I was still in, I started tinkering and, uh, and like I said, I actually started my own business. I, I incorporated. So on the weekends and nights, I was, you know, fixing computers and networks for small businesses and individuals and stuff. And I just kind of took on a second job while I was still actively serving. And that gave me enough experience that I could have something in my resume that was somewhat truthful. After that, I was just blessed. I mean, I got out of the army my first week out of the army. I signed out. I had three job interviews. I had three job offers and uh, two competed against each other. And I took one. And I mean, I was as an E6 mid-career NCO, having never worked in the field really professionally short of my little side business. I, I was just blown away and, and so amazed and lucky and blessed that I, I got that opportunity. A lot of it was timing, but a lot of it also had to do with the unit. My unit I was in gave me the time to do it. I mean, I had a house. 
um, a mortgage, a family. My wife worked, but you know, I was very, very nervous about walking away from a guaranteed monthly paycheck out into the civilian world. So my unit, I'd done quite a bit of time there and they just let me, they really, this was back in 96, they let me transition. They let me go through the transition center and the ACAT and all the, or all the different transition programs they had and let me work on my resume writing and interview skills. And, all, and that really was a big piece of it because I got to hone and fix a lot of the things so that when it came time for me to hit the street, if you would, I was I was prepared. If I had not had that opportunity, if the, if the Army had not had that pro, those programs in place, and I would literally have been a, you know, serving as a soldier up to my last day, I would not have walked out and walked into uh, the, the opportunities that I had. As far as the college money, because that's what you asked about, I didn't end up using it, but in reality, I only used that, and I went to, got my degree eventually in, 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 in IT, because my college funded GI bill that I originally came in the army for was about to run out, and I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to waste it. I had twenty five thousand to use. That was an original benefit of my enlistment. I realized, well, I should probably do something with that and get a degree, even though I'd already been working in IT long enough that, and I'd gotten to a level the degree really wasn't gonna, a bachelor's really wasn't going to do much for me at that point because it's really about experience and and, and certifications. But uh, I still went and did it and used that up. At least you know got my bachelor's out of it and then started working on my master's. Great. That's all definitely great advice, you know, and, and the advice to take advantage of that transition assistance, I think is key because I do hear a lot from hiring managers that it's unfortunate when you look at a veteran's resume that just doesn't look like they're preparing their paperwork for inside the military, not paperwork to pursue a civilian career. You're right. Many of them, their resumes are written like they're going in front of the, the Department of the Army board for the next promotion. You know, it's full of acronyms and terminology like squared away and this and that, you know, stuff that's very military minded, right? So I've had a lot of soldiers come to me and ask me to both soldiers that work for me and just friends and peers of mine to review and help them make sure that their, their resume is civilianized, if you would. And I think one thing, and I've tried to kind of share this with many soldiers or military members in general, not even just arm, definitely not just army, but is that part of, and it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, just because you've worked in a certain MOS or career field in the military does not translate evenly because there are so many other skills that by serving, especially if you get up into the NCO or mid-level ranks, if you've done like at least four or five or six years or more, there's so many skills that are absent in the normal civilian workplace that are just embedded into the service member that for them is just second nature. It's almost like muscle memory, right? The, the normal civilian counterparts don't have. So that's what I work with a lot of people on when they ask me to review their resumes and stuff is to capitalize on that. Office management, interpersonal skills, working in high stress situations. I mean, when you think about especially the last 13 or 14 years of what, you know, these young corporals or lance corporals or whatever airmen or that have been working in combat zones leading other soldiers responsible for lives, vehicles, weapons, working with civilian populace, the situations they've been in, granted they did well because of just their military training, what that translates in the civilian sector of how they can handle just the everyday, if you would, civilian challenges and issues is nothing to them. So I try to work with a lot of, to highlight their resume and those soft skills, if you would, on the resume, that that's what separates them from someone else applying for the job that maybe never served. And now you're in a civilian position that it's kind of 
one that we describe at clearance jobs as a bit of a road warrior job. So you spend a lot of time traveling. Is that something that you're just used to as a veteran? What was the thought process behind accepting a position with heavy travel? Did you know about that commitment up front? Is that something that attracted you to the work that you're doing now? Is it just how your job evolved? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. So you know my wife and, and wonderful lady she is. And, and uh, so when I got out of active duty, I was in the only airborne unit in the entire Pacific Theater, and we were gone a lot. We were always going somewhere around the Pacific, um, South Pacific, anywhere in the country. So I think our first year of marriage, I was gone almost like 200 days out of the year. And this was back in the 90s, not when there was any real wars going on. After doing that and, and many, you know, NTCs and JRTCs and field problems, I was ready just to be a normal person. You know, and I used to say that in quotes. I got out and it was like, I want to be more time at home. I want to be with my family. I was raising, building a family. And then working a great couple of years in Alaska, and then I, I got transferred to New York and by the same company. And then I came down to New York and we were kind of split family for a little while. So my family was ready to move. So we were apart for a little bit there. After already having served in the military and being gone a lot with that, the me being in New York and then being in Alaska and me getting back and forth every six to eight weeks. Okay, we could deal with that. And then they came to New York and we were doing pretty good. And then uh, I got a great opportunity to go to a new company that kind of was more of a consulting role, i.e. the Road Warrior. And that was in uh, 2000. And so that's been 15 years. And I've been doing it ever since. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, if I want to make the kind of money, we want to have the kind of lifestyle that I that we do and live where we live, you pretty much have to be on the road. I mean, that's you've got to be willing to do that if you want to have that kind of just, it comes with the territory, I guess. So how did those talks go with your wife? Was it just tough to convince her, you know, after doing the military sacrifice there for a while to do it as a civilian? Or do you find it just a lot different, easier, better? She's a great woman and a tough woman, and she has no problem. I'm just, I'm just blessed, right? You know, and she... We can we can balance, you know, you, you see, and I've had many of my soldiers have issues when they came back from deployments where, you know, their wives all of a sudden had the opportunity to step up and run things because they were deployed. And then they come back and they try to take charge again. And that would cause a lot of issues in a lot of families or cause a lot of uh, disruption because the guy tried to come back and say, OK, I'm back now. Give me the all the bills and give me this and give me that. And I can I can do it all. And where the wife's been like, hey, I, I've been doing it for the last year. Well, we've never had that. We've had a great balance. She can run things. She, I have a house full of boys. She can run all that and manage everything in her own career. I could come and go. And there was a lot of compromise and give and take. The way she handled it and the way I handled it definitely made a big difference in that. With me being gone, traveling a lot, she used to say, well, this isn't much different than when we first got to Alaska. This isn't much different than when we first got married. And the fact that you were gone all the time anyways, and hey, now at least we can call each other. I mean, we kind of always put it in perspective. You know, when we first got married and I was in the Army, there was no cell phones. There were no, once I got into the IT career, you know, the 2000s, well, we had cell phones everywhere and, you know, instant messaging was starting to get popular. And so it was like, well, this isn't too bad. We can talk together, talk to each other every day. You know, it's just a little bit, a lot better than it used to be. And to kind of put it in perspective, when I deployed into Afghanistan in 2006 to 2007, I, I was in a 16-month, 17-month deployment. My my son at the time, he was younger at the time, he's older now. He, this is how he put it in perspective. He kind of figured out all the math and said, well, you're really only going to be gone like 94 days or something like that. And I was like, what? And he goes, well, you're only ever home on the weekends. So if I look at you're gone for a year and I counted up just the weekends, it's like you're really only gone for 94 days because you're always gone Monday to Friday anyways. Hey, however you got to twist that, I guess that works. <laughs> yeah. It's all about perspective, I guess. All about perspective. 
And like you said, I think it's something that some people can handle and some people can do and some people can't. So it's something that you need to look at, you know, when you when you take the job, that there's always pros and cons to everything and seasons for everything as well. And if you're going to step up to the plate and take one of those positions, like you say, you you have the benefits and then you also have the, the other things you have to work out. So then switching gears a little and talking about kind of staying connected to the, the military community and then maybe you can talk about, you know, the... Um, the show that you have and, you know, Bully Hammer and how, how that all came into be. But so you, you left military service activity, but you stayed very connected to the military community. And even now, um, you're still kind of tapped into that, that community a little bit to some extent. Do you think that helped your career? Do you think, you know, what impact do you think that had on you both professionally, maybe and personally? Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I, from the moment I got out of active duty through my entire career to today, I still say I credit all the gains and everything I've accomplished in my career back to my military service. 100%. I give it full credit because of those, what I talked about, the soft skills, the networking, the this, you know, uh, um, um, conflict resolution, being outgoing, putting stuff into perspective, you know, and, uh, and it's even grown more some since then. Yeah, I, I went to the National Guard. Um, I stayed very connected. I deployed again in 2006, as I mentioned. And, uh, you know, and right before that, about a year before that, I started a blog. I had, this is a family blog. It was really just to kind of keep up with family and friends that I have accumulated through the years, being in the military, being a military brat. And it was, uh, and then when I got act mobilized to deploy, I thought, well, you know, rather than having to write letters to ever or write, you know, at this point, emails to everybody, let me just take my blog and, and shift it a little bit and just make it about my deployment. Um, and uh, little did I know it was ever going to become what it did, you know, winning awards and getting thousands of views and, and, and sometimes up in tens of thousands and having a very loyal fan base because it was meant just for my family and friends. But in 2006, 2007, there was very little coming out of Afghanistan. Being a senior NCO as I was, blogging openly under my name, and just talking about the very unique embedded training team mission caused my blog to just explode. And, and, you know, I've had, there's been other great blogs that, that have all, you know, very graciously credited me and my blog. They, when they were trying to get ready to deploy, they found mine and gave them the inspiration to write theirs. So I get to look at that as, as those others that have done great, um, Afghanistan without a clue and, and vampire six and, and some of those have just, you know, they've all been, you know, cause they ran and they found mine. And then about the time that I retired, I was recruited by the army to come work for one of the research development laboratories right around the same time I retired out, out of the army. So I worked directly with soldiers deploying and getting re and coming back from deployment for a couple of years as a contractor, um, even at the opportunity to take some engineers over to Afghanistan in 2010 and, and, uh, and make a big difference over there with them. And then, uh, so I of course stayed very connected. And then, uh, my, when we came back to the IT industry, I left that after a couple of years as the war started winding down and, uh, still stayed very connected and now have started back up another radio show with my good friend Toby Nunn for more media solutions he was also featured in uh in in bad voodoo's war and 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 um, wrote the book northern disclosure so toby and i have great long-term friends and uh and he and i have recently started up another online radio show called stew and the nun um where we've expanded beyond just the military if you would we really focus on foreign policy national policy politics 
what we refer to as just selfless service, not just military, but law enforcement, first responders, firefighters. Probably the biggest thing, if, you, if you're getting out, and if, they, if we're kind of focusing on someone that's getting out of the military, whether partway through a 20-year career or after the 20-year career, is, you know, you, you hear about the, you know, you always hear the old cliche, you know, you can do whatever you dream about or whatever. Take your time, and just like if you're in the military, we plan, we prepare, you you issue orders, you evaluate courses of action, you you take a lot of things into consideration before you step off, before you cross that line of departure, if you would, using a lot of military terms there, I know, but to do the same thing, you know, it, it's, yes, making good money and making great and, and really good money and, and living a great life is, is awesome. It's not always everything. There's that there, you're going to sacrifice to do that. Your turn may not come right away. I mean, it, a lot of times, again, I, I credit mine to a lot of mine was timing. So, I mean, just make sure you, you know what you want to do. And don't, not just what you want to do in, in the next year or right when you get out, for example, but as long as you can provide for yourself and your family is the most important thing. It, it is really about being happy. You know, I've been blessed. I've worked in a lot of places where I've really liked who I've worked for. And I've gotten to a level now that I can kind of pick where I want to work based on work the team I want to work with. But you're not going to be happy in eight, 10 months a year if you literally just despise getting up and going to work every day. You're going to be a miserable person. If it means taking less money, but you have more of an opportunity down in the long term or that you just would enjoy the job that much better, then there's something to account for that. It's not just the, the, the dollar amount at the end of the day because, you know, the taxes are going to take that away anyways. Very true. Finding the mix of like, what are your, where are your skills? What are you interested in? And then what would you actually enjoy doing? And I think that's, that's especially key for veterans because they do have so many different skills. You have, you know, a lot of paths you can pursue. So narrowing that down is pretty important. I mean, I, I was an airborne infantryman jumping on a plane. I could have easily been out been a security guard or a cop or whatever. I would have been miserable. After I got into my career field working in computers, I can't, I've lost count, Lindy, of the number of people who said, oh, so you worked on computers in the army? I'm like, no, I was an infantry guy, I jumped out of planes. And the look of reflection on it, like, what? How does that translate? <laughs> it was all the time in my first five or six years out of the Army. They were like, what? Because I gave to my civilian career what I gave in the military, and that was 110%. I dove in, and that's part of those skills that the military teaches you that the civilian counterpart may not have. I dove in and gave it everything I had. I tried to be the honor grad of my job, if you would. I tried to do the best I could do, and just by doing that, set you apart. You know, it was just people thought that I had spent my entire military career working computers because like they knew I came out of the army and I was doing all this great computer stuff. Like, no, no, I was an infantry guy. I, I shot mortars and jumped out of planes. Which probably prepared you for all those IT disasters. That's professional level troubleshooting right there. It puts it in perspective. You know, when I came back from Afghanistan to this day and I came back in 07, I still tell people when people do, dude, it's a bad, you know, this is a crappy week or whatever. And I go, and I say, hey, you know what? We're not getting shot at, not getting blown up. It's a pretty good day. Once you've been to that, you face that level of hell, everything else, you know, my, my good friend, Craig Morgan, he's a country singer, great recording artist. He has a song called Paradise. He was actually in Panama and jumped into Panama. And, uh, and then the whole purpose of that song is, Every day you wake up and you're at home and you're not in, in combat, it's paradise. Thank you for joining us for the Security Clearance Careers Podcast. For more military transition information, security clearance news, and defense industry highlights, visit news.clearancejobs.com. Please keep listening.